0: Hi, it's Dan Toombs here from fastfirms.com and very soon I'm launching the Future Proof Your Law Firm podcast. What is it all about? Well, as lawyers, we know our industry is undergoing a tectonic shift of which new business models, changing consumer habits and technology are all converging at once. The net result is that for many law firms, they're confused and not sure what to do or how to respond to this shift. Well, The Future Proof Your Law Firm podcast will help you. Sure, as many of you would be aware from my law firm marketing podcast that I ran right here for a number of years, for the last 10 years I've been working with law firms at the intersection of law, technology and marketing from those publicly listed to small regional practices in Australia and the United States. I even spent three years working on mass campaigns with Erin Brockovich globally. My company Fast Firms is a leading provider of comprehensive technology and marketing solutions. You name it, we do it. Be that as it may, while you're waiting for the new release, I've pulled together my favorite podcast episodes from the Law Firm Marketing Podcast archives over the last five years. And you may be surprised, as I was in curating this collection, that the guests and the advice that they share is as still as relevant as ever. Gary Birtwistle has been working in the business of thinking and ideas for 20 years. Gary's innovative approach to problem solving, innovation, marketing, brand, strategy and performance has seen him speaking to organisations and individuals in all parts of Australia and abroad to help challenge their traditional way of thinking in order to successfully unlock their great ideas. In order to truly innovate and develop breakthrough ideas, you need to think differently, and that is what Gary is all about. He has a simple, straightforward approach to thinking differently and has been enthusiastically received by audiences throughout Australia as well as other continents around the world. It has also earned him the 2007-2008 and 2010 Speaker of the Year Award from The Executive Connection. Gary has published five best-selling books. His first book, The Keys to Creativity, was published in early 2007. Then, Who Stole My Mojo? was published in June 2008. What Made You Think of That? was released in June 2009. And his most recent book, The Vibe, was released in early 2010, which was then followed up by My Dad's Got Mojo in late 2010. Um, Gary's a former marathon runner. He co-founded a charity called the Tour de Cure, which is a cycling foundation that since its inception has raised in excess of $4 million and many millions of dollars in awareness to help the fight against cancer. Gary, welcome to the Law Firm Marketing Podcast. I've got to ask a question. Where did it all start for you?
1: Well, I started straight from school in the retail industry with department stores and then went through department stores into shopping centers mm-hmm. and shopping centers in the music industry, back into shopping centers. And my last real job was working in radio with Australia's biggest radio network. I looked after all the marketing and promotions and branding for Osterio in Australia. I had a summer in Malaysia. And that's kind of been the road to where I am now. But when I decided that I wanted to write and be a speaker i thought back through kind of that career that i'd had and one of the things that always followed me around is if i work with someone who liked to do things differently then i would do good Mm. if i work with somebody who liked to do the same old same old stay inside the square fight change then we come to blows and i got sacked and when i look back through my career i got sacked a lot (laughs) and uh it just seemed that thinking differently and ideas and creating was my calling. So because I'm a bit unemployable, I just resigned from the corporate world and started working myself. And that's kind of been the the journey so far.
0: Okay. And it's been principally around innovation and brand, hasn't it, really? I mean, that's sort of the two intricately sort of aspects of what you've been doing.
1: Yeah, I kind of started there, Dan. I think I started in that whole area of creativity and innovation. I think probably the last couple of years, I've come to appreciate, particularly when you're dealing with service industries and firms and accountancy practices, that the creativity innovation in itself scares a lot of people. The thing that I get a kick out of is challenging people's thinking in every aspect of their life in and out of the workplace mm. to get them just to think differently. and. That's kind of more the area that I focus on now, whether it's a dad thinking about how to be a better dad or a business on how to find the next product or an artist wanting to find, you know, a new vibe on how they could do something better. So that's kind of where I've moved now more into the how do you get people just to stop and think differently?
0: Mm -hmm. And in the sort of context of, say, a law firm or an accounting firm or, in fact, any professional services firm, what does that look like in terms of trying to spark a culture of creativity?
1: Well, you know, I learned sitting in the back of a fishing boat in Morton Bay off Queensland there uh, fishing for mackerel that an old Greek fisherman said a, a, a fish goes bad from the head. And essentially in any firm or, in fact, any business or any household – whoever's leading the household or the firm or the business leading the brand, that person has to have a desire to look for the next great thing. So an improvement of how we can save $5 on our paper, how we can just answer our telephones better, how we can present better, how we solve a problem in the court better, how do we do follow-up, how do we find a new client, all those things that, we currently are doing, how do we do them differently to make them better, faster, more efficient, more profitable, save time, whatever it may be. And that's the thing that the service industry in particular, professional industries have had to get their head around. They've always thought that innovation and creativity was just for the new car or the chip or the computer or the software, all the sort of sexy things. But it's now in every aspect of business, you have to be finding a new way of approaching it. Mm. And professional industries and particularly service industries have got to get away from using the words creativity innovation to just getting every person through the firm to look at what they're doing saying, is there a is there another way to approach this? Is there another way to do this? Could we introduce something differently? How do we shake this up? And if that's not led mm. by the leader of the firm, then it's not going to happen through the firm. And that's kind of what shifted away from this just this innovation thing mm. into it being more accessible to everybody is just how we do things differently. But it, you know, in a firm, it has to start with the leader of the organisation. Otherwise, you're going to find it in pockets. You'll never really get a culture around it.
0: And is it the case that you know, by default, if you've got a, a culture of innovation within your firm, that then translates into brand? Is that where the relationship is?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is, because today, Dan, society rewards different. Mm. So the fastest-growing brands in any industry category, whether it be in firms or whether it be in building or whether it be in IT, the brands that are growing are the ones that are finding new and interesting ways to approach what they do to make better efficiencies or better outcomes for the person who uses it. So for mm. a mum, it could be efficiencies or saving time or getting more done or making it cleaner or whatever. And then in a systems and process, it could just be making whatever I'm doing in the workplace work more efficiently to give me more time, more efficiencies, more profit and so on. So Mm -hmm. it starts with the desire to find new ways to do things. And that then reflects in the brand because it gives you news to take to the market. It gives you news to talk about in blogs and podcasts and videos it gives you news. It excites people within the firm because people love to hear their ideas heard and, you know, they want to be heard. So, And then that actually, the outcome of all that that you're doing as a culture mm. then reflects in the brand that people are using to solve their problems. Because you and I, any business, your business, my business, the, the firms that are listening anywhere in the world, they have to appreciate that they're getting paid to solve a problem. hmm so the person who's coming to them is not coming to them because they want to, they're coming to them because they've got a problem. Mm. And they figure that firm can solve their problem better than the firm down the road. And if they can't, then why the hell do I need that firm? Mm. And the person working inside the firm, if they can't solve the problem better than the person sitting next to them, then one of them is redundant. Yeah. So that's where it, you know, that's the value of it and that's where it then reflects in the brand because the person using your firm believes that you have got better problem-solving capabilities than somebody else, which then creates perception and so
0: on and so on. Mm, okay. Okay. So, in your experience, Gary, when you've worked with law firms or professional service firms generally, is it more dangerous for a firm to put no energy into their branding whatsoever as opposed to a law firm perhaps that's just let its brand evolve without any strategy behind it. You know, it's just become what it's become. What's your response in relation to that?
1: Well, I'd say probably the last three to four years, I've got more and more work out of law firms, accounts practice, doctors, medical practices, hospitals. And three or four years or five years prior to that, they were all the, yeah, but goes. Yeah, but mate, we're a law firm. Mm. But mate, you know, we'd have to do that. We're not a sexy... Drink, we're not a sexy car. Mm. Yeah, we're at a county firm. I mean, there's nothing different about us. You know, we just go in. But what's happening now is these guys are having to justify why them when they sit in front of a current client who are trying to be poached by somebody else, or if they're trying to pick up new business, saying, "Well, I already do business with this person. Why you?" And if you can't answer the "why you," then you can't create a brand. Mm. And the brand only happens when enough people share the same perception about you. So any firm that says, we've got a brand, in most cases, it's just a really good business with a logo to stick on a letterhead so I know who to pay. Mm-hmm. That's not a brand. A brand is only when enough people share the same perception about you that separates you from the other guys. And this is where professional services have really had a shake-up because every account you practice has got to justify in one succinct statement as to well, why you are not another accountancy firm when I'm paying you almost the same or even they're cheaper why am I staying with you and the other thing is the staff need to know it you know most people can't go to a dinner party sit down next to somebody and I say you know what do you the first question what do you do and why are you different and if your staff can't answer it then they are your greatest tool so a lot of firms think that just because they get got a logo, they got a brand, or well, they don't. Mm-hmm. And secondly, they think it's about spending money to advertise, and it's not. Before you do any of that, you're going to be able to sit in front of me and say, why your firm and not somebody else? And that's the starting point. It's the message first, then the medium. But if you're getting caught up in this whole thing about spending time, energy, and money on promoting yourself or advertising... Without the right message as to why you, then you're really wasting your time and money. And professional services have had to get their head around that because it's no and mostly the perception of why you been built around the partners mm. because the partners' names are the brand. When the partners leave, in a lot of cases, so do clients, and mm. that's because they've created a brand around the partner – and not around the firm itself. Does that yeah, make that's sense?
0: that's so true. Yeah, that makes a mm. lot of sense. Gary, I know Martin Lindstrom talks about the importance of stimulating the senses with your brand touch points, and it's something that you resonate with as well in your book, Vibe. How does a firm start to do that? So how does it start to sort of express its brand essence across multiple touch points?
1: Yeah, that's a really good one, mate. I reckon that would be a great challenge for a firm, off the top of my head, I think the three primary senses are visual, so what it looks like. So that is your logo, your presentation that goes through everything from reception, your logo, your letterhead, your presentation folders, your company profile, the digging into your website and so on. So a visual aspect and videos. Mm. Then there's the auditory aspect, which most of them are really good at because they just talk a lot. And then there's the kinesthetic part, which is the touchy-feely part, which is the emotive part, which I suspect comes a lot with firms because a lot of of things they're dealing with are quite emotive. So they're the three primary senses that people work on. The kinesthetic side, which is the touchy-feely part, you know, the tactile part, can also come from the quality of your paper. It can come from the quality of the presentation you do. It can come from the cleanliness or the simplicity of what you do rather than clobbering people with over communication. It can come from your furnishings. It can come from the videos you do and so on. So it's a challenging one, I think, for professional services. The problem is I don't take the time back to think about it now. I was doing a job recently, and this, I was talking briefly about sense. It's not my specialty, but I was talking about Martin's stuff. And this guy, I to got my wife's car serviced, and she went to the BMW dealer, and they took her in, set her in a nice leather lounge, gave her a nice Nespresso coffee, gave her some dark chocolates, came out. And she drove home and he said, how did it go? She said, fine. And she raved about leather couches and the coffee and the chocolate. He said, what did it cost? She said, I don't know, but the chocolates and the coffee were fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's the sensory bit that people are doing. And it's now becoming more and more prevalent. You know, stores are spending a lot more time on their layout. Jams on the supermarket shelf are spending a lot more time on their packaging and the unwrapping and so on. So from a law firm, it's about the wrapping, the experience, Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, rather just do a a talking head in front of a blank wall when you're doing a video, it's how do you incorporate the visual, some different voices, some music and so on. So it's a good one. It's very doable. And I suspect anybody who does it will separate themselves pretty quickly from the pack.
0: Mm, Yeah, no, most definitely. And I think there's certainly some firms in Australia that are doing it um, exceptionally well. Has the online landscape changed that, Gary? That sense of trying to create an experience for a potential client
1: yeah it has it has changed it a lot. The unfortunate thing is that most people don't know how to use it mm. and a lot of people are getting caught up in the online side of things without having the message mm. so unless you can qualify why you it doesn't matter what you do online you 're not really getting a bang for your buck. Mm. The second thing which has happened, Dan, and this has probably happened the last three to four years as a trend, is that you need to package up a lot. So you get the message about why you, and then apart from that, what people want today is they want help. They don't want to be sold. Mm. So podcasts and videos and blogs, information and how-to and contacts, alliances, all these sorts of things are all the things that will add value to my world where you're not selling me, you're helping me? Mm. Mm. And the easiest way that I could frame it to your listeners is you've got to think about the outcome before your income. Now, professional services traditionally would say, you pay us, we'll solve your problem, and we'll give you information. Mm. But things are changing now in the online world where you have to have information and depth and you've got to be helping me whether I spend money with you or not. Mm. you've got to be helping me to make me better so, yeah, so that's how online's really changed change things and you need to be able to go through what you're doing and saying if I'm a current client of yours how are you helping me apart from what I pay for
2: mm.
0: yeah that's no, so true it's an expectation isn't it I think Chris Anderson in his book Free talks a lot about that you know that um, people now uh, just expect that they expect to come to a site or come to your business and, and get something for free
1: Well, they do. It's a classic, you know, when you rang to say, you know, do you want to get together and do a podcast? Mm. Of course. Mm. So I really admire what you do. In the back of my mind, the second question is, can I use it? Yeah, true. Because I've got people who follow me around the world on, you know, different mediums and stuff. I can then say, well, here's this interview. You can listen to it at your leisure. It's free. Mm. Hopefully, it adds value to their world. It then provides a lead to you. Mm -hmm. for anybody who's interested in your areas and stuff. So it's a win-win for everybody. Now, we may not see direct value from it, Mm. but you're helping an outcome to solve their problems around brand and professional services and perhaps firms. Down the track, it comes back in spades, and that's where you create real loyalty is because of the... When you're providing an outcome and not just focused on income, you provide a true loyalty, which is not the card carrying flybys and frequent flyers where the more you spend, the more you get. This is true loyalty. Is that someone comes and knocks on your door and says, I can do it for 10% cheaper or I'll throw in the free dishwasher? And it's like, well, you know what? I've always been with Dan. I've been with him now for five years. He's been great. He goes above and beyond like that time he. Yeah. Now, a classic example is I spoke to a lawyer two weeks ago, and he had handled a lady's affairs for many years, and she was, you know, in the final chapter, she had days left to live. Mm. And he knew there was a lady in China who was a very, very dear friend who may not have known this lady was going downhill very quickly, and she lived in Newcastle, north of Sydney. Mm. So he rang the lady in China, made her aware, and said, look, you know, if you can manage it, it'd be worth your while to to at least call and say goodbye or send a letter. Mm. She said, I'll get on a plane and come over. So he organized the flights, went to the airport, picked her up at Sydney Airport, drove her to Newcastle, set her up, made sure the lady, you know, remembered who it was, drove back, and then went to the funeral, drove her from the funeral back to the airport and fly back to China. Now, Mm. he did it because it was the right thing to do. But those stories can then travel through the online world Mm. Mm. where suddenly it's like, that's the sort of guy I'd like to have working on my side. Like, he's good at what he does, but he goes above and beyond. Now... That's not a money thing. It's a thinking thing. Mm. But that can now travel on the online world, and that's so much more powerful than just putting ads in brochures and running newspaper things and, you know. So that's where things have changed, where it's the outcome versus the income. And I think the other thing that's changed, which, you know, these sorts of podcasts are really good for what you're doing, is it's gone from being, in, back in the day when I was a kid, it was monologue like, yeah, you'd true. buy newspaper ads, you'd spam me with television commercials, you'd buy radio, you'd you'd put stuff in my letterbox, you'd mail me stuff to my desk, it'd be a wad of paper coming across the desk. But it's gone from monologue now to dialogue,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that you online create a conversation between you and I where you can po- post a podcast and you can get real feedback in real time from people all over the world giving a thought, which can spark someone else's thought. And so a whole chat can happen around this conversation
0: absolutely the potency of it's incredible it really exactly is. yeah gary just to wrap up if you're a law firm that's on a say a bit of a growth trajectory and you haven't really considered your brand where would you start today
1: well the first thing i'd say is start to treat yourself like a brand mm. and not a logo and that would mean taking some time out from your day to day without a timesheet and to sit down and start thinking about it. And one of the issues today, Dan, is there's not the expertise in the business. Mm. So I'm finding a lot of organizations are started by former accountants or lawyers or sales guys, and they're running really successful businesses, but there's absolutely no expertise on marketing and brand mm. at all in the company. So if it was me, I'd be saying, you've got to make it a priority, start thinking differently about the firm. I'd be getting to get the people who care about the brand, have an insight into what's going on, maybe competitors, people who care about what you do and how you do it, and I'd be getting away from the boardroom and encouraging environment somewhere, and I'd be starting to look at taking the learnings from the Woolworths and Quantitas and Apples and these sorts of guys or a small car dealership or a small IT company. And rather than say, yeah, but we don't do that, we don't have the money, we're not a supermarket, I'd be saying, hey, take those learnings and apply it to our own brand. Mm-hmm. But I would be getting some expertise in of someone who won't just spend your money but will get your thinking right, you know, people like yourself, to sit down and help facilitate their thinking through it to teach them how to do it themselves rather than having to always outsource it. That's so true. the starting point is they have to identify why is your firm Different, why should I use you? What are you famous for? What makes you different to everybody else? And then that's going to be tapped in a very succinct statement that you can sell as much to staff as you can externally. Yep, yep. And then you've got to get someone like yourself who can then show you how to use that through content, copy, recruitment, induction, have it as part of the culture, part of the voice, the DNA of the, of the firm and then do it over and over and over and over. But if the expertise doesn't exist in the firm and they don't have to have a staff member, but there's someone who can come in from time to time to sit down, educate them, keep them honest, and then progressively build over the next couple of years. And it's going to take a long time. But firms are getting onto it. Even the big accounting firms like Ernst and Young, you know, their whole thing now is quality and everything we do. They never used to do that sort of stuff, but now it's become an essential part even the big four accounting firms are going to say, Well why are you not the other three?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no, so true. And you can see the impact, can't you? I mean, uh, those firms particularly, and, and some big firms, uh, law firms, are just doing wonders. Yeah. Because they've just connected all the marketing touch points around such a strong brand essence.
1: Mm. But, uh, I work with a door, a guy who manufactures a global, does hardware for, man- for doors and windows. And he's a really clever guy. Mm. But what he does, he works out the areas that he's not really good at. And he's building a council around it. So he'll find someone who's an expert in brand to sit with him once a month or once every two months. Mm. He's got a guy who's really good at social media. He's got a guy who's really good at trends. You know, your young kid is really good at trends that are going on the street. He's got a guy who's a procurement expert. And he might just put these five or six people in a room once every quarter. Mm. So now it's like, hey, here's my brand. Here's my company. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what I can do better. Just feed me full of ideas and information. I'll take it away and do it, and then you guys can bugger off, and I'll call you back again next quarter, and we'll do it all again. But he's, he, and you know, he won the Instant Young, I think, Entrepreneur of the Year or something last year. But he's smart enough to know where his shortcomings are, yeah. and he builds accounts around doing it. So, in answer to answer your question, that's what I'd be doing if I was the firm, because most firms don't have this expertise, and I'd be finding out the bits that I'm missing. And I certainly wouldn't be, yeah, butting, I'd be saying, yeah, and how do we do that? How do we get on board with all this in our own way that works for our clients and within legislation and everything else? I appreciate all that. And I'd be building expertise, mm. getting away from all the reasons why you can't do it and then slowly but surely start to put all these pieces together over time and sell it as much to your own staff as you do externally. And it's not a money thing. It's a thinking thing.
0: I couldn't agree more and the only thing that I would add is that listeners should go and purchase a copy of your book, The Vibe. Well, um, no, honestly, you talk about the brand council in that and I thought it was a really potent piece of work. You know, there's so many resources out there for law firms and other professional service firms to grab at their will. Brand council is just a great idea of doing that properly.
1: It's amazing how many different companies and different categories of industries resonated with it. Yeah, and I'm no different I mean there's stacks of stuff that I have got no idea about but I just find the best who works in those areas go to the firm brief and say tell me how to do it Mm. I don't build my own websites Yeah, I don't record my own videos I mean I go to guys who've got studios or kids are not much better than me and say this is what I think needs to happen I'm not really sure here's my understanding of it it's an open brief come back and tell me how to make it great and the areas you're not really sure about, grab the right person. You don't have to have them on staff. You know, these days, they can be anywhere in the world, to be honest. I did a a speech last week for a company in Newcastle and I had three guys sitting on the speech who were in California sitting in a boardroom. It was clear as day. They heard every word via Skype. It was incredible.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Fantastic. So, these days, and that's how to do it, which is cost effective, but none of that's going to happen if people go, yeah, but we're not. You buy But, outsourcing the bits you don't know is certainly the way to go
0: very smart stuff gary now if listeners be they in australia the u.s or the uk want to get in contact with you you work across the world how should they do that
1: oh just through the website mate just go to garyburpwistle.com and that'll give you sort of an insight as to sort of what i do and how i do it and there's a whole bunch of you know stuff on there like videos and all the stuff we've talked about they can go in a ripoff and to look at and the espresso newspaper, which it, we, you know, I, I write a lot about this stuff. The service industry is around the world is waking up to innovation and brand a lot. Mm. And I do a weekly newspaper on a Wednesday, which is free to subscribe to. It gets delivered to your desktop or your iPad or whatever every Wednesday morning. And it's just a quick read, three minute read. Yeah, and it's it's great, I, I subscribe, it's fantastic. I do.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, it's good.
1: And as, as you can see, it's just we just find the cool angle that people are doing on stuff mm. to help people, particularly in firms and stuff, who don't have the ability or the you know, time to be able to look at all the stuff that's floating around the web and everything, and we just collect the ideas together. So the website's full of all that stuff, and it's all free. And if they want to get in contact, all the details are there and just send us an email or ring us and we'll have a chat.
0: Great. I'll leave all the details in the show notes. Gary... Great talking with you. I think there's just some fantastic content there for people to scoop up and implement today in their firms.
1: Mate, it's my pleasure. It's good, uh, good touch base (laughs) again.